Good morning. Welcome to a very special edition of To the Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast. Christian, Mitch, I'm Kevin Jesus. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, I say it's a very special edition because normally we talk everything Portuguese soccer, but today we are talking just the Portuguese national soccer team because it all comes down to one single game to determine who advances to the 2022 FIFA World Cup. And that is because Portugal and the Republic of Ireland played to a scoreless draw on Remembrance Day, which sets up the big game at the Estadio uh, Luz. Right? It is the Estadio Luz, right? It was supposed to be Alvalade, then it's the Luz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which, full disclosure, I, I am a sporting fan, as you all know. And Christian is. Don't say it. Don't say it. I am going to say it. Don't say it. I have been to both stadiums. I've seen games in both stadiums, I've toured both stadiums. The Estadio de Luz, by far the best stadium uh, in Portugal, in my opinion. And that's. Wow. Hey, wow. I think it's credit to where it we is. Have it, credit we to have where it recorded. Is. It's on video. Yep. Love it. Cat. Did, you, did nope. you walk through the sewer tunnel? He's <laughs> off to the right start never, today. Listen, no, no shame in saying it. I mean, it is. You walk in there and it is. It's like royalty, right? Like it's it is pretty fantastic. I mean, the team sucks, got, but that's okay. I gotta say, their washrooms are pretty good. I went there. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, I know some tacos. Oh my yeah, stomach wasn't sitting well. That'd be fun. Their, maybe. Yeah, their toilet yeah. paper is great. Their water, you, you know, their washrooms are amazing. Uh, but yeah, so it sets it up. Portugal versus Serbia. The winner advances to the 2022 FIFA World Cup in, Gata- in Qatar. Um, a draw, though, is good enough for Portugal. So before we talk about the Serbia game, Portugal, Republic of Ireland. Uh, Portugal has never won a competitive game uh, in Dublin. Um, so was it a surprise? What, what should we, uh, you know, uh, what was your takeaway from the game? Surprise! Well, if you, if anybody, if any one of you guys tuned into our last podcast, I, I mentioned that this is Portugal, and we always got to make it harder on ourselves. So, was it a surprise? No. Uh, but man, should we have done better with the quality and the players we put out? One hundred percent. We should not have to do this anymore. But yeah, I don't know. I think we should have just came in there and win, uh, win that game. Uh, there was a comment left by the coach after the game. It went somewhere like something like this. It was uh, winning five nothing or drawing in Dublin is the exact same thing to me. That's what he said, roughly what what he was saying. I do not agree with that. I think you got to go in there, make a statement, and you got to win that game. Uh, nope. Having that kind of mentality, it just drives me crazy. No, nope. like, why why say that? No, I, I'm going to jump in here, and then I want to get Mitch's thoughts. Uh, I'm going to say no for one reason. Um, He's absolutely right, and I know it's frustrating, and I know we always want to win, and, and you always want to see that exciting game of, of football and all that stuff. But he was right. No matter what the result was, barring a loss, um, we're still in the same boat where a win or a draw gets Portugal through. So it didn't really matter. So my question then that I throw out to you guys, and you guys can debate that if you want, but the question that I'll throw out there was Fernand Sanch right in his strategy thinking about yellow cards going into the Serbia game? Because he had some players that he kind of kept on the bench to start with that could have changed the trajectory of the game. But was that the right decision? Because that kind of goes hand in hand with does it really matter when you know that full well, it, you know, the result was going to be the same going into this game. 
Yeah, there's a few things to look at. I think when we're looking at this game with with Ireland, um, one was the yellow cards. Um, Fernando Sanchez talked about it right before the game that that uh, he wasn't going to um, not play players because of yellow cards. He was going to not play players because of mentally how being on a yellow card can affect the player's performance in a game, which I completely agree with, especially in the positions that the we, we had Ruben Diaz on a yellow card, we had Juan Cancelo on a yellow card, we had uh, Pellini on a yellow card, and we had Jota on a yellow card. I believe Renat Sanchez as well yeah. was on a yellow card. Yeah. So there's five pretty pretty important pivotal players <coughs> for us that were on yellow cards. And I can agree with Cancelo, uh, Diaz, and actually even Pellini to, to a certain extent, and, and Sanchez, because those positions being on yellow cards um you don't want somebody playing scared in that position you know these guys are going into 50 50 balls all the time it's against ireland ireland's a physical team and you don't want guys hesitating that that those couple of seconds because they don't want to get a yellow card because they don't want to miss the crucial game against against serbia and sometimes those hesitations in a game like this can cost you the game uh, especially in pivotal positions like a right back, a center back, a CDM. So I, I can understand Fernand Sanz, um, you know, thought process there in, in not playing some of those players. Um, the point of the matter is we're playing the Republic of Ireland. We shouldn't need, the Slesson should not need Jean Cancelo, Ruben Diaz, Jean uh, Pellinha, Renat Sanz, or Diogo Jota to get a win against the Republic of Ireland. We shouldn't need those players. So they shouldn't have made the difference here. To me, Fernand Sanz just got this all wrong again. Like we we had we came from such a high, great performances in the last two games, and we're right back to the same shit. And he got to me, he got this wrong tactically. And and it, it goes to the same Things that we talk about time and time again when it comes to Fernando Sanchez, and I feel that he is a very, very one-dimensional coach. He's got one strategy, a 4-3-3. Doesn't matter how you slice and dice it. You plug and play whatever players you want, but it's a 4-3-3 and a 4-3-3 only, and that's all he knows how to play with this group of players. Ireland plays a, a, a very, very specific three four three style where they sit two defensive midfielders very deep that make it difficult for portugal to play as we say in portuguese entreslinhas which is where guys like bruno fernandes are most they are most effective because il faz a ligação it between the 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 unos meio camp and our our three up front and they all they did was sat two guys deep in their half and basically took Brun for lunch out of the game. And as soon as you take Brun for lunch out of the game, we cannot, we cannot go forward. We don't have a guy like Bernard Silva who picks up the ball in the midfield and can beat one or two guys or a guy like Renat Sanch that started the game. He, he didn't start against Ireland. Neither of those guys were on the field where they can take the ball and they can beat one or two guys and they can break out. They can break up that, that those two central holding midfielders that they have that basically disrupt the connection of the game. And then they push two wing backs very, very high up, which forces it, it prevents basically our Latraj from pushing up. Yes. So it, again, it's it's two very important pieces 
to Fernando Santos 4-3-3, which is the Liga Cell uh, between the midfield and basically our front three, and then the use of our left and right backs to get, get forward, overlapping runs, those two key pieces to that formation working, Ireland completely nullified it. And Fernand Sanch didn't react. He didn't change the freaking formation the entire game. He didn't change anything up. Yeah. It, it just wasn't <clears throat> working from, from the start of the game. You could see it right away. And that, that's my big frustration with Fernand Sanch is he's so one-dimensional, man. And, and there's no change to his game. There's no change to his tactic. I don't know, man. 100%. And that happened a lot in uh, the last tournament. We were talking about there's no, it was all side to side. It was moving it side to side, side to side. There was no players, no direct players, like a guy like Renato Sanchez, nobody running at anybody. When a team defends that much, you need some creativity. You need something something to open up their team. Yeah. Like you said, it was not working. He, and he, he got the lineup wrong again. And Kevin, I, I respect you so much, but I disagree with you, man. You can't have that mentality of, you know, oh, let's go in there. We could tie. You know, you can't look past anybody. You got it's joga joga. You got to go in there. You got to plummet Ireland. I don't care if we just need to draw. We need to go in there and sh like play well. You can't have this mentality where it's oh, it's, we're, we're gonna look past Ireland. We're gonna stick up with Serbia. The Ireland game is just as important as Serbia. You can't hold a zero zero game up until the 80th minute. The, Ireland could have got plummeted the whole game. All it takes is a you know a, a cross, a free kick, anything, and we lose that game. Yeah. We got to go in there. We got to show our best lineup. We got to go there. We got to we got to win these games. We can't accept this mentality. And, and it was we can't even, we can't we can't accept this like lackluster mentality after that game. Like oh yeah, I know us winning uh, five nothing or zero zero. It's the same. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same, man. You got to go in there and you got to win. Yeah. And, and then you got to hold these players accountable. You got to hold Portugal to a higher standard. I will never expect uh, – I don't want this lackluster mentality in our team. It's a team that's so full of stars, man. So are you are you okay then? So let's say Fran Sanchez is like, I want you guys to go all out. I demand a win. Even though it doesn't matter, the result doesn't matter. It's not going to change what happened Sunday. It's not going to change – how the World Cup qualification goes for Portugal. I demand you guys go all out. And all of a sudden, Cristiano Ronaldo is fighting a little bit harder to go after the ball and whatever. He goes and tweaks a knee or something like that. He gets a little bit injured. Then we all turn around and say, what are we doing? Why are we playing these guys? You know, it's just like in any other sport, when a team has already qualified, in Portugal's case, they're already guaranteed a playoff, and you want automatic qualification for sure. No doubt about it. But in a game where it really doesn't matter, you will see teams resting some of their star players simply because you don't want to risk something happen. Now, to Fernando Sanchez's credit, he didn't rest a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever. He was just putting out, he was looking out for his players with the yellow cards, which Mitch already talked about. But, uh, you know, Christian, it, you and I will agree on a lot of things. This is one thing that I strongly disagree with. When it doesn't matter, it's okay to take the, the, the foot off the gas just a little bit. Now, to your point, I agree. The risk with that is all it takes is one counterattack. Portugal goes down, and now Sunday suddenly becomes a lot more of a difficult situation. Thankfully, that didn't happen. So Portugal now goes into Sunday in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. Um, but I will say, and, and you guys have been already started the conversation here, but Fernando Sanch, 
he has to change his tactic here. We have to go into the game not to lose. Like we, he can't go into the game thinking we can't to play to not lose. Basically, you got to so, play for at least a point here. So adding to that point, uh, so now basing on that kind of mentality, now does Fernando Santos set our lineup to draw? All we need is a draw. A draw is the same as a win. So now we go into this game. Then, okay, all we need is a draw. Let's just defend. Let's sit back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like that mentality, I, don't, I, I do not agree with. Historically, that's exactly That's what he's going to do. He's going to set his lineup. Now he's going to play two trinch and, and just you do, close out the game. you want to make a bet here that he's going to start? with either William or Danilo? I, I don't doubt it. Like, instead of going into this lineup, just with that mentality, I would say, okay, we don't need to win. We need to draw. Let's just go and... Uh... But the difference, the difference, though, is there's no second chances here. The difference is this is a game that if you lose, you're going to a playoff. So I think he does change it a little bit. I do think he's going to be a little bit more conservative. He's not going to want to go all out in the attack because he wants to minimize those counterattacks. Uh, and you know that Serbia is going to be gunning hard because they've got the most to lose here. But I do think that it'll be a little bit different than what you guys are thinking. Yeah, but like, I'm, but can you at least see my point where that kind of mentality is? It's, it's. I just don't agree with it. I, I well, of course, because you I want think, to see them win. You you want to see them you, win every when, year. When would you see like a big national team? Like, okay, we're playing Portugal. Let's just play conservative. Let's play five at the back. Let's play two trinks. Let's not play our game. Let's, you know, let's just sit back, get, get a result. Or do they come at us and should play their game and go the into it? The problem is that it goes back to us having a small team mentality. And it's for that problem, being a small-minded coach. We're Portugal. We yeah. are arguably the top five to top three best national teams in the world. Why are we going into a game against Ireland or a game against Serbia thinking about, oh, we, you know, we got to adjust our tactics to Serbia should be the one going in there saying we got to play to Portugal's strengths. It's not the other way around. And I can guarantee you, because I'm going to pull it up here and I'm almost positive. We did this the last time. I want to see what the lineup was when we played Serbia last time. And I'm almost positive. So he went with, Danilo and Sergio Oliveira and Bruno Fernandes in the middle. I I will bet you almost anything. On Sunday, he plays with two trinks. Oh, 100%. I, I will almost guarantee you because he's thinking about the, the, the physicality of the game. Serbia is a big team. They're a strong team. And he's going to want to try to win the midfield battle. And he's going to put Pelinha and either Pelinha and Danilo or Pelinha and, and William in the middle of the park. I, I can almost guarantee you, I, I know him so well in terms of tactically how he thinks. Yeah. And that's, that's it's how he's going to want to scared mentality this, into this game. Man. And uh, another thing I want to add it on. So right now we're looking at Portugal. Let's go back to uh, the Euro. We do not have a set 11. Every single game, we do not know what players are coming in. Christian. We don't have an identity. I'm going to ask you a question, Okay. When the lineup, when, when the call-ups were made, when the call-ups were made, we announced it here on the podcast last week. Gonzalo Guedes, not called up. He was not called up. <coughs> yep. Okay. So, in Fernando Santos' mind, Gonzalo Guedes did not fit into his squad in two of the most important games to get us to the World Cup. Yeah. Would you guys agree? Gonzalo yes. Gedge was completely healthy. Him not being 
called up, meant that Fernando Santos sat down, looked at his pool of players and said, Gonzalo Guedes does not fit into what we need for these two games. Would you guys both agree with that? 100%. Okay. Gonzalo Guedes got called up because Rafa got injured. Okay. Would you both agree that Rafa is usually not a, a regular starter for this lesson? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Usually a super sub. So it's not like Rafa gets, you know, he's a sub. He's usually a sub. Okay. So Gonzalo Guedes gets called up to replace Rafa. Gonzalo Guedes is in the starting 11. How does a guy go from not even being a part of the plan for these two games to the point of not even being called up to being called up to replace a normal sub and right into the starting 11. This guy has no fucking clue what he's doing. He's shooting from the hip, man. This is what we're talking about when we're saying the team has no identity. He has no clue what the, how the hell to coach this team, man. How does a guy go from not even being a part of the two most important games for World Cup qualification to starting to starting in your in, – in, I, I just – it doesn't make sense to me. But it goes to the point where we say this team has no identity. This is exactly what we're talking about. This guy is shooting from the hip. I, I don't get it, man. And I love Gets. Don't get me wrong. I love Gets. And actually – And you had his back saw, a lot. When we saw – the call-ups, I said, you know what? I actually probably would have taken Gedge over João Felix because I feel that Gedge was in better form than João Felix right now. They're playing in the same league, and I feel that Gedge is actually in better form right now than João Felix. So I would have called up Gedge over Felix all day. But how does the guy not even he, – he was not even in the plans to all of a sudden in the starting 11. He has no clue what he's doing. So I'll ask you guys both a question. Would you rather have called up a player in four – or a player that's been there before that's that's completely out of form. What what would you go? So if you have a player coming up that's that's hot, that's scoring like five six goals in the last three games, or would you call up a guy that's not really starting for his team? It all, but, it all depends, Christian. This comes down to the identity. It all depends. As a national coach, if you have an identity, you know certain characteristics, and you know certain players. We've always talked about chemistry. Chemistry is so important with the national team because you don't have this group of players together on a weekly basis. You're not training these guys on a weekly basis. So more than anything, chemistry is so important. So you need a, a very a very consistent group of players that you're calling up on a regular basis and that you're playing so that you're not constantly bringing in fresh faces that are going to fuck with the chemistry of the team. Yes. Right? You would agree with that? Yes. So it all depends, man. You can have somebody who's really hot versus a guy who might, might not be in good form. But if that guy who's not in good form is pivotal to kind of gelling the team together in what you normally like to play for your team, you're probably going to call that guy. So it, it really all depends, man. So what? What? So hold on okay. a second. I'm just gonna jump. I'm just gonna jump in here. We, we have some people watching in and some people sending in some comments here. Uh, Kevin Gerald, uh, long time no see, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, he writes in not defending Sunch, but in training before the match, uh, the players fight for a spot to start. Maybe Gedge showed up in training and earned a spot. He's not wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's a great point. As, as Christians, it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. That's a good point. Uh, training, training should be as competitive. That's where it all says. It's one of his biggest quote is, "You should train as hard and you should play as hard in training as you do in a game." 
So I, I do. I, Gonzalo I, Gedge was also the guy, the last game against Ireland, who came on, played lights out, and put in the cross for Ronaldo's last minute. This guy is not somebody who, you know, uh, he's also the guy who scored the winning goal for our, our Nations League. I mean, this is this is an important player. Yes. Whether he plays hard in training or not, Fernand Sanch knows how good Gonzalo Getsch can be. And the fact that he didn't even wasn't even considering him for two of the most important games for the World Cup. To, this guy, so, I don't know. Man. Adding on to my point, backtrack a little bit, where I asked you if you should get a player in form yeah. or a player that's lackluster. Yeah. Uh, the best teams in the world, and I'm going to quote Pep Guardiola here, Manchester City team, you cannot pick them on fantasy. You don't know what players are going to play, but yeah. they have an identity in a system. Yeah. So they have a well-oiled machine, and then they add one player to it. And then they have a, it's, it keeps going forward, they add one player to it. Yeah. Keeps going. We don't have that well-oiled machine. Yeah. My point being is he does not have that core yet. He he's throwing in this player. He's throwing in this player. He's throwing in this player. Like you even just said last time against Serbia, Serge Oliveira William. Now this com- game completely different team. Yeah. Like we do not have a set core, core of players. Core Usually for most national teams, bar one or two players, they can be like, "Hey, these guys are going to play," and then maybe throw this guy in. We do not have that. Yeah. We're all over the place. And another one too. And I know I know you might disagree with this, but to me, Mateusz Nunes. Great player. I love him. I'm glad he's with this lesson. In a game like this, he never starts, man. He's way too green in this lesson to be starting a, a pivotal game. Where it's it's almost a must win to, to get to the qualification. How does that guy earn a, a start a starting spot in R11 over a guy like Huvenev? Yeah. Or a guy like Juan Moutinho? To, yeah. To be yeah. fair, he didn't have he didn't have the good, he, he didn't have a good game. game. Yeah, like this guy is—he's only played one game before. Yeah, see, but that—that those go- are the type of things, man. That if it's a friendly or a game that doesn't matter, I ain't throw him in there. We're talking about a pivotal game, two of the most important games for for our World Cup qualification. He's throwing in Mateusz Nunes, who's green. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I just don't and, get but it. Man. You know what? Yeah, just decisions. I, I agree. At this level don't he, make. He sense. didn't have a good game, but that goes to the point. Whereas if he had a well-oiled machine. You shouldn't even be able to, to notice a player. When you're in a, a well-oiled machine, a, one one or two players can have not the best game. It, we don't have that. But that's just it, man. He he had to sit Cancelo. He had to sit Diaz. He had to sit Jota. These are key pieces. Yes. So the core, the, whatever core we have, the, the somewhat core isn't there. So why are you throwing in even more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you should, if anything, be putting trying to put together. If if that many, if you're going to rest that many players, you should be trying to put a, a starting eleven together that's as familiar as possible. Of course, not throwing in guys like Matthews. Yeah, you can't mix up the lineup. They have no, they have no yeah. chemistry. And that goes Just back to my point earlier, where I would play our strongest lineup. And if you do want to, if some players are on yellow cards, yeah, sub them out when you're winning two nothing or three nothing. At the 60th minute, I'm okay with that. Okay, but- so I'm going to jump in. I'm Okay, so this is where I'm like, time out. Let's go. So you go and play those players who are on yellow cards. And let's say, I mean, look, the last time Portugal played the Republic of Ireland before this game, it took until Cristiano Ronaldo late in the game to salvage the win. So let's say you're 25 minutes, 30 minutes into the game. It's still scoreless, but now some of those players have gotten 
their second yellow, uh, gotten a yellow card. So now they're going to miss the game in Serbia. That game in Serbia is the one that actually matters, not this one. So now you're going into that game against Serbia without some of these key players. Like, come on, man. That's See, that's that's going to be as it is already. Portugal's going to be without Pep. But but you're that's basing, a big loss. You're basing it on if if we're going to guarantee win or tie. That's it's never guaranteed that we're going to win or tie. Like we're talking now after we drew zero zero. What if what if we lost one nothing off a set piece? Oh, we would have been sitting here, you know. Like it, it's. I'm just saying. Like I'm not. Everybody's different. I don't like to look past teams. I don't like to be like, okay, Ireland is a for sure win or for sure for sure point. Let's just concentrate on on, on Serbia. I think that's a dangerous mentality. And if you look, uh, we didn't have the best game. It, 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 in a way, it, it failed. Like he, I think we can at least both agree on that. That we, even I was listening to the Irish pundits, they said this was not Portugal. Like they're supporting Ireland. They're like, man, like to be fair, this wasn't the best Portugal I've ever seen. Like they, they had a lackluster performance. Yep. It was, it was a, a combination of many things. Because to Kev's point, I, I, I'm not totally against what he did with sitting Diaz and Cancelo. I'm, I'm not against that because I don't think. Diaz and Cancelo would have made all the difference in Cancelo's this game. Cancelo's lights up. He is, but I think he would. He, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. To me, in my opinion, he wouldn't have made all the difference in this game. Like again, it comes back to the tactics, the formation, partially some of the player selection, some, but I'll put the majority of this down to the tactics and 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 his inability to switch it up. Like he had Ronaldo playing on the wing. Why, man? Okay, can I just add something with, real quick? With Andre Silva, it, and just let me finish this, and I'll, I'll, you can you can jump in. But and some people might say, well, he plays on the wing sometimes with with Jota and Bernardo Silva. So sometimes when he's playing uh, Ronaldo, Jota, and Bernardo Silva, Ronaldo will play on the wing. Yes, the difference being Jota can play either in the center. He can play on the wing. He's versatile enough. Same with Bernardo Silva. He can play a false nine. Those three individuals can play any one of those three roles. When you're playing Andres Silva up front, Andres Silva is not a winger. He he doesn't his forte is not playing on the wing. He is an out and out striker. So when when you've got then when Ronaldo wants to switch into the middle and you've got Andres Silva playing out on the wing, oh it, it's a disaster. Yeah, and and that's that's again it, it goes to the point of of he just. The play selection and the tactic is not there. So going to your point, okay, we said Diaz is out, Cancelo's out. So now I'm just gonna I'm gonna just paint you a picture here. So now we have Cancelo out, we have Diaz out, we have Mateusz Nunes uh, playing first time starting for a, a really big game for Portugal. You have Delaw playing left back. That's you know not I his normal position. Not his normal position. You have Ronaldo playing winger. That's not his normal position. You have Andre Silva. Yeah, he came in before, but he hasn't been a starter. So that's Andre Silva. That's Ronaldo playing a different position. That's Dalla playing a different position. That's Danilo starting. That's four players. That's Diaz uh, not starting. That's Cancelo not. That's six players that he rotated. Six, six players. That's my point. Yeah. That, that you're switching out six players in our second last game to qualify for the World yeah, Cup. Absolutely. absolutely. That's my point. It's like. You, this game, yes, we, we drew. Now, in hindsight, we can be like, yeah, I know, it worked out. We rested all these players. We have all these players go back. If they scored, which can happen in soccer, man. Yeah. But you see it all the time in Portuguese League. You see a small team that they fucking defend. They fucking kill the clock the whole entire game. Yeah. 
They come up off a corner and they score a dinky goal and they win. That's my point. I know we all we're all different. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I'm just saying that's the way I see it in my brain is that you should not go into the game already thinking about Serbia. You got to go game to game to game. If we lost that game one nothing, we could been we could have played them. Yes, we even with that lineup, our quality is way better. And, and, and if point, we lost that game, we would have been like, "What the hell, man? Yeah. Why are you switching out and, all these and, players?" And that's a great point, Christian. Because if you look at, for example, the last game against Ireland that we played, Ireland played tactically. Ireland played identically to the way they did two days ago. So it's not like from nonsense. This is the first time he played them. He already had a preview. As to how they play. And in that game, we had 29 shots on net. Do you know how many shots on net we had in the last game? I think we were even. Yeah. Three. We had six shots. They had six shots. We had three on target. They had two on target. We had three on target. They had two on target. Yeah. It's obviously a huge difference there, man. A huge difference. And to your point, when you're switching up that many players, it fucks with the chemistry. And already a team that's already struggling to find chemistry Absolutely. because he's constantly throwing out different player, different position. Build your core first. Build your core. He, he's the first guy to come out and say, oh, we don't have enough time for training. We don't have enough time to do this and that. But yet every single game he's throwing a new – that just tells me. You know what that tells me? If you – okay, I'm going to – like say in your business, okay? You're, every day you're constantly throwing different ideas, different things, different things, every single place, and you don't have – a core way of doing Strategy. things. Yeah, yeah. That just tells me he's, he's still trying to figure this team out. Man. Yeah. He's not confident in his own abilities if he's constantly throwing this and this and this and this player and that player and this player. Oh, I want to try this. Um, he's still trying to find his best 11. How important is Bruno Fernandes to our Slessa? So important. Every Any maestro is super important to the team. That's the engine of the he team. He allowed Bruno Fernandes to be completely blocked out of the game until he subbed them off. Yeah. How do you allow, as a coach, you're sitting there, you're watching this, you're seeing this, the tactic being deployed by the other team. How do you allow a team to isolate and basically, uh, you know, remove a threat that is so pivotal to your team for 70 minutes and you don't change a goddamn thing. I don't understand it. Well, I think it comes down to what you guys have said before is that in the end, as much as, you know, he talked about, these are the two biggest games. (laughs) No, he was looking ahead to Serbia, rightfully or wrongly looking ahead to the Serbia game, because in the end, that is the game that will matter. Even if Portugal would have lost that game against Serbia, a win would qualify them, right? Now we have a little bit more breathing room. We have room for error. We can draw because of the tie against uh, the Republic of Ireland. But in the end, a win is what matters. So he's looking ahead to Serbia. That's what it was looking forward to. So why don't we look ahead to Serbia as well? Portugal is going to go into this game tomorrow. Again, thanks to goal differential, they're in really good shape. Uh, they're tied uh, with Serbia at 17 points at the top of the standings. Um, but, you know, they've got a better goal differential uh, by about four goals. So, in the end, a win, Portugal goes through. A tie, Portugal goes through. A loss, n- not the end of the world for Portugal. They go to the playoff round. None of us want to see that happen. 
Portugal seems to do that every big tournament. Um, they shouldn't be going down to a playoff. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. I, I, to me, I, I think they do enough to pull out a, a W tomorrow. Um, but they're going to have to do it without Pep. How big of a loss is that going to be for this team? Uh, Pep's going to be a massive loss. Uh, for our national team, he's been our best defender. I'm not saying he is the best defender. I think Ruben Diaz is the best defender. Uh, but he's been, you know, our best defender even in the last tournament. He's He he brings that gacha, that, that team spirit that just drives the team. I think he's it's a big loss, definitely for us. But that being said, like, we still should win, man. We, we have quality. We have so much quality. Uh, and to your point, Kevin, like, do you really trust – Portugal, if say like well, now we just need a draw, but would you trust Portugal to go in there and easily win that last game if we needed to win? No, man. Portugal, Portugal always makes it tough. Always. So they do, but they yeah. have the talent. They're the type of team. They remind me of the Oilers in so many ways that when it's games that they need to win, they will turn around and find a way to get it done. Yeah. And it's the teams right. that they, you know. Buffalo. Have a tendency to, to, you know, that they should automatically win. They're the ones that they struggle with. Yeah, I but I think it's all about mentality. Where yes. again, Portugal had the mentality, thanks to this guy right here, that listen, it's all about Serbia. Focus on that game. That's the game where we need to get the job done. So Serbia. By the is, way, these pictures are from this morning at practice. By the way. So Serbia's uh, president announced uh, a million dollar or a million euro bonus to the team if they were able to get the win against Portugal. These guys are going to come out. They're they're going to be motivated. And Not only motivated to get the win, but now obviously the financial motivation as well. These guys are going to come out. And Serbia is a difficult, difficult team to play against when when they're on their game. They're very physical. They make it very difficult for us to get get going and get our our kind of flow going because they are very physical the high press uh it's it's not going to be an easy game for portugal and i hate that we've left it to a must win like this to get in, into the world cup but it's there's only one man in my opinion there's only one individual that's responsible for that yeah and can i ask you guys something both of you if he loses does he keep his job no no Thanks. i think if, if Mark this day down. Kevin yeah. said no. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> if Portugal loses to Serbia and goes to the playoff round, I think one of two things will happen. They either A, say goodbye Franz Sanch now, or they say we're going to wait for the end of the playoff round, but then we're going to have a, a, a new coach going into the World Cup. I think at that point it's so long, so, you know, it's, it's thank you for everything. It's time to move on. I think that regardless of what happens, even if they win, and I would say even if they win the World Cup, even if they win the World Cup, I think this is the last tournament that Fernand Sanch is in charge of the Portuguese national team. I think regardless of what happens, he is done. And I think the World Cup final is on Mitch's birthday. So what a better birthday gift for Mitch than uh, Portugal winning the World Cup and then Fernand Sanch saying farewell. Can I ask you guys something? Yes. Do you guys think the players are confident in Fernand Sanch? Yes. Uh, no, I don't. Yes. Can I? Can I? I, I want to get both your takes on this, Kev. I, I a thousand percent, I do because I think if they didn't, you would start to see it. I think number one, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo 
whenever he's not happy with a coach, as we've seen in his club days, um, it shows. And he lets his opinions, uh, he's he's pretty vocal, uh, and actions speak louder than words, so to speak. Um, you're not seeing that. I think they respect everything that he's done. Again, they're in a, in a tricky situation with Fernand Sanch because of the fact that he led them to two two titles, you know? And, and that's something that Portugal has never had. So there is a respect factor there for sure. Rightly or wrongly, I do think that Fernand Sanch, the way he looks at it is, he's, yes, he's still trying to figure out his starting 11, which is pretty ridiculous after all these years. Yes, he's dealing with injuries that have been coming up. I mean, João Mario had been playing well a little bit. He's knocked up, wasn't able to make this team, so he's got to make some changes there. Yes, he's also having to look at, in his opinion, we have an ability to experiment a bit against the Republic of Ireland because it's the game against Serbia that matters the most. I'll be very curious to see what the lineup is against uh, Serbia. Again, he's going to have to tinker with the lineup because now you're out uh, with Opep. With that said, I do think if the players were really not happy, you would really start to see it in their play. Sure, is there frustration that maybe they're not winning all the games or whatever? Yeah, But at the end of the day, guys, we can sit here, and this is the beauty of it as fans, we can sit here, we can debate all we want. But if Portugal gets the draw tomorrow, Portugal gets the win tomorrow, does it really matter? We've qualified for the World Cup. We, we, mission accomplished. That was the goal. How you got there doesn't matter. Then it's just a matter of trying to tinker and figure out the best path forward going into uh, Qatar. And that's going to be a whole other point because to your point, Christian, yeah, I agree. It is frustrating to tinker, but there is going to be a lot of tinkering. And I would suspect every national team is going to tinker next year because unlike any other tournament, which comes at the end of a season, you're coming into one in peak form. So now you're going to be able to adjust those lineups completely different than you would at the end of a season. So I think you're going to see a lot more tinkering, regardless of who is the coach of Portugal, regardless of what national team. Um, but anyways, th those are my two cents. Christian, I know you disagree. Go ahead and share your thoughts. Okay, there's this famous saying in uh, in the trades that they always say, is that if everybody like, or, or sorry, if if uh, everybody likes you as a manager, you're not doing your job. You should be riffling a few feathers. You should be hard on the plate. Not hard, not like George Juice style, but you should set structure. You know what I mean? If everybody likes you, you're having, they're having a good time. Oh, uh, sometimes that's not the best. You got to set structure. Like Xavi Alonso. Did you hear what his 10 rules that uh, he set with Barcelona? He went in there. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher some of them, but he, they have curfews now. They have to be, if you're late for practice, you have to pay a fine. You could only eat uh, at the facility. Uh, there's there's multiple rules he set in place. Okay, is that going to riffle some feathers? Of course. Oh, who the hell is this guy? You know, with uh, Coleman, we can go in there. We can come whenever we want. We can eat wherever we want. It was all fun and games. Oh, now we got to run. Who is this guy? Sometimes, if all the players like you and it's all you know, happy go lucky. Sometimes that's not good. Sometimes you got to you know. Be structured. So know? does that mean then Fernand is great because you don't like him? I like him. So there's no, no, obviously disagreement. So that players. means he's good. No, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that's who Fernando Sanchez is or isn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm just referring to the point where is if the players like him or not. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. that should it's matter. They like him. I, I'm asking, do you think that the players are confident that, like, when you've played soccer before, you we've all been in a game where you look at the lineup and the tactic before the game. And in your head, you're not saying it out loud, but in your head, you're saying, 
I, I don't agree with I don't agree with what the coach is, uh, is doing. But I've had coaches where even though I might not agree with the tactic that the coach wants to deploy before the game, I'm confident in his ability as coach that he's seeing something tactically that I don't, that I I believe in him. I'm asking when when he's putting out those lineups, when he's putting out those tactics, are the players even in their mind, if they're disagreeing with him, are they in the sense that I, I'm okay? I'm, I'm, I'll play it. I'll play because as a player, you have a different, you have a different way and a different mentality going into the game. If you don't believe in the coach, when you go out there to play, your play will show it because you're already in your head. You're not agreeing with the tactics that the the coaches is, is is employing because you don't agree with him and, and you might not feel the confidence, but if you're confident in the coach, regardless of whether you agree with the tactic or not, you believe in, in whatever he's seeing. So you're going to go out there and you're going to play your heart out. That, that's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Now, I'm not talking about liking him or not liking him. I'm talking about, do they have the confidence in his tactical ability in order to deploy whatever he's, he's telling them to. So I want to answer that question, but I want to add on to it too. So not only uh, are they looking at like for the example you gave me when with your coach, right? Imagine you had a different coach that's the best coach in the world. So imagine you're going to a team like Manchester City, with where tactically and they check all the, the, the check marks, and then you go to a coach like Fernand Sachs. It's gonna add on to be like, man, this guy, uh, you know, the quality isn't there. So adding on to your point, no, I don't I, I think there's a lot of players that don't think he's good enough. Uh, especially when you have a coach like when you go back and you fly back to England and you have a coach like Guardiola, I'm sure they see the difference. I'm sure they see how Guardiola trades and what they got to do and the competition he sets. Uh, and he goes to Fernando Santos, like, wow, this guy's completely different than over here. To be fair, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I'm just, I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming. Again, I, and, and, and to answer my own question, I don't know because I think putting myself in their shoes again, not being in training, but, just looking from the outside, looking in, even, even if I don't agree, I'm sitting there saying this guy has won two trophies for this lesson. There's obviously something he knows or he sees that I don't. So I gotta, I gotta trust him. And, and I think that is the only thing that Fernand Sanch has that right now is still keeping the confidence and trust of the players in his ability to do the job is that he's got those two titles. So yeah, I just add that only goes that. so far and that only goes so far. And that's why Absolutely. I think we're all in agreement that this is the end of uh, uh, this tournament will be, the, and, it, and it'll be a natural end because it's almost certainly going to be Cristiano Ronaldo's last. So it's kind of, let's a clean break and then move on. I, I want to make a point about that a little bit later, but just because we're talking tactics and all that stuff, Let's let's see how you guys would uh, uh, um, approach Sunday's pivotal game against Serbia. So uh, we have here Christian's lineup. Let me just uh, take the banners off here just so we can see here. So this is what Christian's uh, starting 11 would be. Christian, take us through it. Yeah, so there's certain players here that go without saying, obviously. Like a player like Cancelo, he was my side just our last week. He had five assists in two games, five. And not only that, he's taken social media by storm. We have, uh, you know, a guy like, uh, I think it was ne uh, Neville. 
saying when he uh, when he coached Marvelicia, you could see how talented this guy was. He's absolutely unreal. And going earlier, what you said, there's no players running at anybody and opening up space. I feel like Cancelo is that guy. He 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 can play right back. He can play left back. You could drop this guy up at uh, right wing if you want to. He's he's unreal. So I think he's going to be very important. Uh, Ruben Diaz, <clears throat> one of the best center backs in the world. It's between him and Van Dyke. Hey guys, I, I just I'm just going to jump and hold that thought. Uh, very special hello to Nikola Dimkovic from Serbia, who is tuning in, and they say hello from Serbia as they tune into this podcast. How you guys doing? Nice so, to see you. If I if I knew how if I knew how to say hello in Serbian, I would. So I'd say this. Razdovia, Razdovia. <laughs> Cheers. Here we go. Uh, good luck tomorrow. You're gonna lose, but. Good luck anyways. Yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> back to our lineup now. Yeah. So uh, going back to what I was saying with Diaz, yeah, he's one of the best in the world. Uh, Jeff Font, a guy full of experience, full, full of experience as part of that uh, year winning squad. Uh, I feel like I'd pick him over Danilo just because that's his actual role. And that's, I think that experience, he'll play a pivotal role. I uh, like Nuno Menge there. He's been starting every game with, uh, PSG, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I feel like he's really fast along those wings. His work rate uh, is very high. He can go up and deliver a lot of crosses to Ronaldo and other other attacking players. I think that's what I'd go with. Pelina, he's, he's a sweeper. Like anywhere that goes there, he'll go. He'll slide tackles. His work rate's through the roof. Uh, I'd pick Renato Sanchez there. I feel like he should be a shoe in. I know injuries have sort of held him back. Uh, but he's a great box-to-box. Another guy with extremely high work rate. This guy will run up and down the field like no other. He's a ball winner. Also, he can open up a lot of spaces. And I think those two guys at, uh, between Pelina and Renato Sanchez will free up a lot of room for a guy like Bruno Fernandes, which we've talked about. That has to play in his his best area, which is that cam role. Yeah. Uh, the Ogjota has been scoring at will for Liverpool. I think he should be a shoe in at this point. He's very dangerous up, up front. Bernardo Silva, he is, uh, you know, one of the main guys at Manchester City right now. Yeah. He is playing lights out. I'm just praying that he could bring that to the national team. Same with Bruno Fernandes. Uh, he's a shoe in. I think he's going to help us a lot on that wing. And Ronaldo is Ronaldo. I don't have to say anything about him. <laughs> oh, you're muted. You're muted. You'd think I'd get the hang of this by now. Uh, pretty straightforward. Let's bring in Mitch's uh, lineup here. Let me just zoom it to fit. Mitch, pretty similar, but you're making a change because you don't like Nuno Mench. Well, I, you know what? I do like Nuno Mench. Normally, I would have gone with uh, Nuno Mench, but I was actually really impressed with Dalo. He was, uh, in my opinion, one of the best players on the field for Portugal against Ireland. He actually played very well at, at left back. Uh, so you know what he, he played well. Keep it going. Um, so I, that's really the only only change. Very similar. Um, kind of to Christian's point, I would go with Font over Danilo. However, um, I, I think Fernand Sanch might be thinking about who Serbia will play up front. They've got that kid Vlahovic from yeah. Fiorentina, 21 years old. He's been really hot lately. He's a pacey player. I don't know, you know. 
if if he's going to be thinking about that, maybe Danilo has a little bit more legs uh, to potentially keep up with him than Font does. Um, so that might play into it slightly. Uh, but also Mitrovic is is a big, bulky forward, so they want somebody in there with size. So pot- again, potentially Danilo may be a better Danilo and and Diaz might be a better dupla at the back than than Font. It, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how how Fernand Sanchez thinks about that, but I think that'll definitely play into into the selection. Um, in the midfield, I think we absolutely need a ball like uh, like Fernand Sanchez in there. Uh, his ability to hold up the ball again. This is going to be a physical game. Serbia is a you know a physical team, um, so you know having Pelinja and Sanchez in there to me makes sense. But Sanchez, aside from his physical ability, his ability to hold up the ball, he's also got that burst of speed that I think is going to be really important. Um, to, to make that Liga sound, to get room for Nanja involved in this game, I really think that's going to be important for us. And having Jota back in the lineup and Bernard Silva, huge, huge, huge for Portugal. Uh, what a difference those two guys can make uh, on our team right now, especially because both of them are in very, very good form at club level. I think having them back in the lineup is going to be a big difference. It's going to make a big difference in this game. Um, so I, I really, really hope, 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 hope we're singing a different tune when we come back on our next podcast and that Portugal came out and played the way we've seen them play in the last couple of games, Ireland aside. Because uh, if they do that and we come out and we play the way that we know we can play, I think Portugal will get a comfortable victory. So can I just add on to that? So these are our lineups okay, that we think we should that, that they should play. Well, we think Fernando Santos is going to play. That's a completely different lineup. Uh, the two things is almost a shoe in. I, I really hope not. I really, really hope not. Just put all the names uh, in a hat and he'll just start picking them out and he'll yeah. be like, there's our lineup today. If uh, he goes, if, if he does go with Danilo at the back with, with Diaz, which he very well might, um, I could see him going with Pellinia and William in the <laughs> midfield. Uh, and and to, uh, to be fair to Font, I don't remember, um, a time where he's been a liability for us. No, I can't like looking not. back years and years and years. I can't remember a time. I'm maybe there is, but I can't remember off the top of my head where we're like, man, font should have had there. Font yeah. that was font's ball. So I my, think my only thing is is on the no, speed, no, you're right on, you're, on the speed aspect, especially with yeah. with that. Uh, no, you're you're 100 right with your analysis, especially because Serbia has a lot of big bodies, man. They're they're all big boys. And but, our friend from Serbia here, though, says they need to improve their defense if they hope to get a W against Portugal. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. That's going to be the biggest, I think, point of attack. And, and adding on to Serbia, they have a player that's like in super, super high form right now. And uh, his name's Tadic. He's been yeah, playing lights out well. for Ajax. Ajax is one of the hottest teams in Europe right now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, watch out for Tadic. Oh, so is in form for fall. I mean, they they they, they have they, a nice they've team. got some some weapons up front. There's no doubt. Yes. So we're kind of up against it uh, with time here. So uh, really quick, uh, predictions for tomorrow's game: Portugal, Serbia. Again, winner goes to the World Cup. Loser ends up going into a playoff to be determined, and uh, a draw is enough for Portugal. Mitch, what do you got? I'm gonna go two one, Portugal. Two one Portugal. Tight game, uh, but two one is my prediction. Uh, so I'll tell you, Fernando Santos plays his 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 formation with the two things. I think it's gonna be zero zero or one one. That's the classic uh, Fernando Santos win. 
if he plays our lot up, I could see us. Same result, 2-1 Portugal. And I'm going to go with 3-1 Portugal because Serbia will end up being desperate because they're going to need to try and get the W. They have to get the W. So there's going to be room for some counterattack. So I think Portugal will just get some offensive going. Um, the one thing I did want to say before we leave, we talk about Fran Sanch. Obviously, I, I, a lot of us think if they don't, if they lose tomorrow, it could be the end of the road. Regardless of what happens at the end of this tournament, uh, at the end of the World Cup next year, we think it's the end. Um, just thinking ahead to who could be a possible replacement or whatever. Let's say Portugal loses tomorrow. Let's say they say, no, we want someone new for the playoff. Do you turn to someone like Nuno Espirito Santo? Uh, He's available. I, I Honestly, I think he actually came out on social media saying uh, in August he was actually rated, uh, you know, Premier League Manager of the Month. And then a couple of months later, he sat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think he would do a pretty good job. I, I do think he would do a better job than uh, than Fernando Sanchez. But uh, he's not the only option. He's not the only option. A guy like Rui Jordan, as we mentioned a lot, he knows the youth system. He, all those players that are on our team went through him. I think he's definitely an option. And yeah, Nuno Spirit Sanchez is not, not another option. That, that Christian, does he team. know? Does he know Jota from Celtic? Because if he does, he's got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's uh, talks. They came out and said that uh, he he can play in a team like Barcelona. Okay. Uh, there's a couple coaches that came out and said he's 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 definitely playing really well. But I'm telling you guys, it's a name. Ability. That's the name you're going to hear forever. Okay, Mitch, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of of Spirit Sant. Um, you know, does he? You know, does he have what it takes to to? You know, pick up the Slesson and and you know it, it's it's always a crapshoot, man. We you know there's different ways to, to look at it, but I, I definitely like the work he did at at Wolves. I was a big fan of, of the Wolves team. Um, you know, obviously going to a bigger team like Tottenham, he wasn't successful. I think I think they sacked him a little early. I 100%. think it was I think it was a bit unfair. Um, Just desperation. I, yeah, yeah I, I I feel like you know a guy like that needed a little bit more time to to get the players to understand what he wanted from them. Um, but at the same time, you know, was it was it you know Nuno Spiritzant, you know what he did with Wolves worked because they were a small club, and the tactic that he he deployed was very much a, a counterattacking type of of football, and that just didn't work with a bigger team with bigger names with more talent. Uh, there's there's an argument that could be made for that as well. So you know it's it, it really all depends how how you look at it. There's another name out there that's been thrown out there, Andre Villas Boas. Um, yep. You know he's also been talked about potentially leaving Marseille and taking on a, a national team. So you know he could also be a, a potential. You know, yeah. So, some of the arguments you made there though, Mitch, about Nuno Spiritzant, you know, about like being too, you know, the counter tag, all that stuff. Those are some of the arguments people made about Fernand Sanch when they first announced him as manager, saying, oh, he's only been, he's too defensive and all that stuff. And then it ended up working for Portugal, which he was very defensive. And, but yeah. hey, doesn't matter how, how ugly uh, the game is. You get the win, you win the title. That's all people will remember. Um, Christian, you have one final thought here before we wrap it yes, up? Yes, I'll be quick. I know we're short for time here, but uh, I'm going to paint you guys a picture again. So okay. if right now, if Fernando Santos got sacked from Portugal, do you think a team like Tottenham would have picked him up? Fernando Santos? 
No, you account. can't. You can't. You no, can't no, compare I'm just saying, that. I'm just saying. That's like, not if, fair. If Nuno Espirito Santos and Fernando Santos is available and you're a team right now, would you pick up Fernando Santos? No, he's not good enough. And yeah, another but, thing, but he's the, not. A, he's not a club manager. That you can't. That's. I'm just saying the quality. Okay. okay. No, he, that, he that's like saying he was a club. He was a club manager. He actually. He hasn't been for a while. All three. All three big clubs. Anyways. That's one. Two, Nuno Spirit Sun sort of came into a, a tough, tough team because a guy like Harry, uh, Harry Kane, he had that contract negotiation that just completely killed his confidence. He's completely underperforming. So it was just the perfect storm, too, because he came into that team. He's not his best player is his morale is completely down. And he just couldn't grasp that team. I think it was tough. Also, another reason why I think he got sacked is a guy like Conte was available. And he's an amazing manager. So I think that also played into account. It was a perfect storm, in, in my opinion. All right. Well, thanks as always for a good, uh, a good debate. Uh, you're wrong as always, Christian. That's okay. I love you too, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's hope we're all smiling and laughing after tomorrow, except for our friend uh, Nikola Demkovic, uh, which, by the way, again, thanks for tuning in from Serbia. Uh, Nikola writing in, uh, loves Portugal. We'll probably go on a holiday in your country. If you do, go and tour the entire mainland because it's some of the great places uh, to go and check out. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks to everyone, even Joshua Botelho from the foreign land of Edmonton. Ha ha. Uh, but uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, Portugal, Serbia tomorrow, winner take all. Draw is good for Portugal. And if it's a loss, well, <laughs> there'll be fireworks in the next podcast when we talk to you next time. So... Christian, Mitch, I'm Kevin. Thanks so much. Forza Portugal. Enjoy, everyone. Ciao, guys. Ciao.